It's always a real delight for me to be in, a, in an audience where people love to win souls for Jesus Christ. The exciting thing about being a Christian next to knowing that you're going to heaven is to know that we can be a part of the ministry of leading people to Jesus Christ. I want to thank all the folks that had a chance to come and be with us in our churches. We have, um, I think, four or five uh, different churches there in Monterey Park, East L.A. And uh, you folks came down and had a, had a wonderful time. But more than that, we had a wonderful time. We heard uh, wonderful things from all the people that you spoke to. Some uh, have stayed. We've had some stay and are coming faithfully to the church there, ministering. Have taken on the challenge of uh, reaching uh, uh, other folks for Jesus Christ, and we are excited about what they're doing there. This uh, morning, I would uh, just like to have you think with me about the, the theme that we have for this morning the penetration of the world with the truth. How you and I can be a part of the penetration of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want us to see two verses this morning. Two verses. First of all, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. The Lord has identified that everyone who is a believer in Christ has a property called saltiness. And we are to be the salt of the earth. When we think about penetration into the world with the truth, we see ourselves as either real salt, real salt, or salt that has become tasteless. And this morning you are one of two people. You cannot be anything in between. Either one of two things, either salt or your salt that has become tasteless. And if you're genuine salt, you're going to have an impact in the world. But if you're salt that has become tasteless, the world will thrash you. The world will trample upon you. The world will stomp on you. The world will treat you in an awful fashion. Coming up here, my prayer was that God would make us real salt, real salt. I'm a salty person. I like to salt everything that I get. Uh, it was a time when I'd salt things before I tasted them. That's how much I love salt. Jesus says we are the salt of the earth. As we move on to Matthew 28, Matthew 28. The very last... Verses of Matthew 28, verses 18, 19, and 20. As people, we are salt. The message we have is found for us in Matthew 8, 28, 18, 19, and 20. Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
I'd like us to focus on these verses here this morning as our meditation, as our challenge. We're the salt of the earth. We're going to penetrate the world. Here's the message. This is the Great Commission. And sometimes as Christians we misunderstand this Great Commission. We think it's for somebody else. This Great Commission is for everybody. For faculty and students alike. For preachers and every everyday members of the church. Every Christian has received this Great Commission. It's for all of us. And I would like us just to spend a, a moment this morning taking this truth and, and putting it into our lives. And to recognize that if we are going to make an impact on the world for Jesus Christ, we're going to have to fulfill this great commission that God has given to us here. Now four things that Christ mentions here. Four distinct thoughts and truths that he mentions in the marching orders for the Christian. That I trust that we can... Uh, take into our lives this morning. First of all is the is the word go. Go therefore and make disciples. As I was sitting there I, I heard a, a Greek student that was passing by talking about the, uh, the genitive of possession and the dative of means. Must be a Greek student taking first year Greek discussing the cases. The word here go is a is an aorist is an aorist passive participle that really is translated having gone. Having gone. Now here's the point. That God is assuming, He's assuming these 11 disciples are going to go and, and preach the gospel. It's not so much a command, like you get up and get out there. He's not saying that. Hey, you get out there and do something. That's the, the command is not to go. The command is really to make disciples. The word make disciples is the aorist imperative. That's the command. The command is to make disciples. The truth is, you're all going to go. Having gone, God expects everybody to be involved in the ministry of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gang, evangelism is a command that God has given to us. It's not a, it's not a gift. Sometimes we talk about his evangelism being a gift. Well, the, this guy has it and I don't. You know, Russ Moore, he's outgoing, he has a personality, you know, he can really gab it up, he can really speak, but I, you know, I'm just shy and I'm a wallflower and I can't talk and you're a liar. <laughs> the point is that all of us, this is for everybody, evangelism is, is an order, it is not an option. God doesn't give us an option when it comes to soul winning, friends, it's not an option, it's an order. He's saying to us, it's your job to get out there and get somebody saved. And the reason why, the reason why the church is failing to make an impact for the world, make an impact in the world for Jesus Christ is we have so many Christians that are not involved in evangelism. It's exciting to see this fellow come up and talk about the people involved in, in a high school evangelism. The fact of the matter is that everybody here ought to be involved in some kind of evangelism. Are you a child of God? Are you born again? Do you know Christ is your personal Savior? Then God expects us to be out there doing soul winning for Jesus Christ. Evangelism is more than just a lifestyle. Evangelism is a burden. It's a burden you have upon your heart. The Apostle Paul called it a burden, a constraint. He says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. 
He felt, felt it in his heart. I read a few years ago a, a little article in the newspaper, this fellow that had, uh, this, this gal had taken a car and, 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 and she drove off into this, into this canal and she was drowning. And this fellow, this young, young college kid, uh, came up in his car, he ran out of his car, dove in, pulled the lady out. And the news person interviewed this young man and said, why did you do it? Why did you risk your life to jump in and save this lady? And he said, I don't know. I just know I had to do it. I didn't think about my own, my own life. I didn't think about myself. I just knew that I had to do it and I did it. That's the way every Christian ought to be. When it comes to having a burden for people and getting people to trust Jesus Christ, we have to go out of this place saying, I know that I have to lead people to Jesus Christ. I at least have to try. Listen, not all of us are very successful at soul winners. Not all of us can bring a soul to Christ, to Christ every, every day. I tried fishing this summer. I, I, don't, I, I hardly ever fish for fish. I fish for men all the time, but I hardly, I hardly ever fish for these things that dangle in the water. But I got a birthday, from a birthday, uh, uh, somebody gave me a real nice fishing reel. Dewey, I got a real nice fishing reel. And I wanted to try it out. I had never gone fishing. And I went out four days this week, after this, this summer, four days, and I spent hours trying to catch a fish. I'm telling you folks, not a bite. <laughs> correction, correction. I threw it in, in the ocean one time, and by accident, I caught a crab, just by accident. As the hook came in, the crab got in the way, and I drug him in. But you can't eat a crab. Not a one! But you know, I, I kept doing it because I wanted to do something. I kept going out and throwing it out. When you have a burden for souls, you're going to try. You're going to try. And the problem is that many people just don't even try. Isn't that true? Some of us don't even try to lead people to Jesus Christ. Have God work in us so that we at least are trying to do something for Jesus Christ. Trying. Listen, God said, I'm assuming you're all going to go soul winning. I'm assuming it. Having gone, I'm assuming you're all going to go out soul winning. And if Christ was to come and sit in your, in, in your place and be up here, he'd be assuming that all of us would be out there telling folks about Jesus Christ. He's assuming it. It becomes a burden and eventually becomes a lifestyle. So when you get up in the morning and have your quiet time and pray before God, you say, Lord, I want to be a soul winner today. Lead me to a soul today. Do you ever pray that prayer? Do you pray that prayer, Lord? I want to lead, I want to talk to somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Could you use me today? That's all you have to pray. And if we start doing that, if all of us collectively started doing that, we would see not just two people come to Christ a week, you'd see 20 to 100 people come to Christ every week. Because you and I would be going out to do something, to get a burden, to bring people to Jesus Christ. Some would be more successful than others. But all of us would be involved in this ministry of bringing people to Jesus Christ. And I trust that this morning we could sing that song. Give me a passion for souls, dear Lord. A passion to save the lost. Listen, friends, I have a hard heart. 
And I don't always have a passion for souls like I ought to have. I'm just like you. I get so wrapped up in the things of life. I don't always keep in mind that people need to hear about Jesus Christ. May the Lord give us a passion for souls. Oh Lord, give me a passion for souls. A passion to save the lost. Beloved of God, ask God to give you a passion. Ask the Lord to give you a burden for people. That's the first, the first thing we need to do. Understand that everybody's supposed to go. All of us. Here's the second. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. All the nations. Everybody. The scope, the scope of our penetration is the world. It is the world. I'm not going to labor long on this point. If you were here last uh, at the missions conference, I spoke about all the worlds. And if, uh, if you weren't here, then get the tape and listen to the tape. All the world, everybody, have a, have a burden for the whole world. Not just, uh, not just your churches and not just your community, but the ends of the, the, the end of the world. I, I, I read this uh, little magazine called the Daily Prayer Digest and I, I found that there are 17,000 hidden peoples, 17,000 hidden peoples. Peoples, hidden peoples are, are those groups which do not have a growing church in their own culture and social setting. 17,000 groups of people maybe this large or twice as large or ten times as large who cannot even boast of one single church in their culture and in their setting. Listen, someone's got to reach them. And I would like it to be said that somebody from the Master's College took up the challenge and of saying, I'm going to go to a hidden people and bring him to Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be neat? If four years from now, and I'm, I'm persuaded that there's a young man here, a young man here that came to get an education, and a young lady over here who came to get an education, that God will put a burden in their hearts. And during the four, four years or five years or eight years you spend in this campus, depending on your intellectual abilities. <laughs> At some place, somewhere, you're going to meet. You're going to meet, you're going to fall in love, you're going to get married, and you're going to have the same burden to get out there and lead these people to Jesus Christ. That's what happens. God said, disciple the nations. Disciple the ethnic groups all over the world. And it happens that way. Listen, let's. Uh, I have a problem with my with my with my eyes. I'm nearsighted. Right now, I don't know who I'm talking to. I wore these glasses just to look good. Do I look good? Yeah. Don't lie to me. Come on. Some people are nearsighted. Some people are farsighted. I'd like us to have 20/20 vision to be able to see the the, the nations beyond. Those out there that need to come to know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. 17,000 people that don't even know, haven't even heard 
of the person of Jesus Christ. And then, and then also to have some nearsightedness. And look around at all the, all the ethnic peoples that God has brought to our land here. I just want to make that statement once again. I, I'm excited about that. Chinese and Iranians and Arabs and, and Mexicans and El Salvadorians and Indonesians and all kinds of people. And God says you're going to win them by hook or by crook. And if you don't go, I'll send them to you. And God is sending these people all over the place. And I want us to get excited about these people, the opportunities of, of, of getting down and, and getting these people saved. Listen, the scope is not just a white Anglo-Saxon, I can't even say the word, white Anglo-Saxon Christians. The, the message God says, go and disciple all the nations, everybody. Everybody ought to be coming to Jesus Christ. And listen, I want you folks, if there's anything, anything I pray for you and I pray for myself, is that God make us colorblind. Yes or no? Some of you are colorblind, I can tell by the way you dress. <laughs> but that Jesus make us colorblind. We just look at a soul. Man, I gotta get a soul saved. Get out there and get a soul saved. Man, I don't care if he's white, if he's yellow, if he's brown, if he's green, or if he's in between. God will give us that kind of a burden, man. To get people saved. The, the scope is the nations. Everybody needs to come to Christ. Number one, God assumes we're going to go, doesn't he? God assumes we're going to go. Now, if you're salt, you're going to go. If you're salt and lost the saltiness, you're going to go nowhere. He assumes we're going to go. Number two, he assumes we're going to go to all the nations, to all the peoples. He assumes that well. That's the command. Go and disciple all the nations. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing involved in this great commission. That we ought to preach to convert. Preach to convert. I want to really just drive that thing home this morning. Preach to convert. Jesus says, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Baptizing them. The word baptizing is a, is a sign of conversion. It's a sign of conversion. Jesus made that the sign of conversion. If you really trust Christ, you're going to get baptized. He says, I want you to go and, and, and convert people. Now here's a problem with, uh, with traditional American Christianity among which some of us have become a part of. Is that we don't convert anybody. We don't want to convert anybody. We don't want to offend anybody. Listen, our mission is not to go and impress people. Our mission is not even to go educate people. Our mission is, isn't, isn't even not to just expose people to Jesus Christ. And our mission is not exclusively what it says up here. Equipping for excellence. That's not only our mission. Our mission, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, is equipping that you and I can go convert people to Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. It's not how much you know about the Greek text. It's how much you know about the Greek text that you're going to use to convert someone to Jesus Christ. It's not so much how much you know about, about your psychology and about your philosophy. It's how much you know about your philosophy and your psychology to be used to convert people to Jesus Christ. We're not doing it. That's our problem. We're not doing it. We're not converting people to Jesus Christ. I was talking to one fella. 
And I was really laboring the gospel and trying to get Christ to cross. And he said to me, he says, hey man, are you trying to convert me? And I said, you're right, friend, I'm trying to convert you and I want to get you. That's it. We don't. We just go flip out the four laws, yes or no, no, okay, write you off, no prospect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. We need to imitate some of these used car salesmen, then we'll leave you alone. You ever been to a used car lot? They don't take no for an answer. Well, I don't like the color. Well, what, what color do you like? Well, I don't like, I don't like the style. What style do you like? I was downtown LA one time, and this guy was trying to, trying to sell me a watch. You know, he stole the watch. And uh, he says, uh, you want to you buy this watch? And, uh, and I, and I I'm very polite, I said, no, uh, it's, it's not my style, you know. I knew, I knew he had stole, I just didn't want to offend him. I said, no, it's not my style. He said, well, what style would you like? <laughs> no, that's what I call a, a, zealous, a zealous converter. See, our problem, friend, is that we don't preach to convert. Paul before Agrippa, King Agrippa, man, the guy was laying a gospel on King Agrippa. And the man was against the wall. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop, man. You're almost making me the convert. And Paul says, and you're right. And I wish you were a convert like me, except we're not, not in chains. Friends, we need to preach a gospel that's going to convert people to Christ. That's going to, that's going to offend people. What to status quo. Christians ought not be status quo. We ought to be revolutionary. As some of you, some of you folks in here, uh, you're revolutionary. You're antagonistic. You're rabble rousers. But for the wrong reason. For the wrong reason. You're anti-establishment. You're anti-master's college. You're anti-program. You're anti-professor. That's not the kind that God wants. God wants those that are anti-sin, anti-Satan, and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a rebel rouser, do it for Jesus, man. Don't do it just to, just to make an impression upon the, upon the dames or upon the guys. Do it for Jesus Christ. And we need those kind that are going to go out and do some real down-to-earth converting and getting folks and buttonholding them. Say, I don't like to buttonhole people. You better start buttonholing somebody because they're going to hell. Yes or no? Hey, is there a hell or not? Well, let's do something about him. When my little girl, my little daughter, my sister was drowning, man, and my brother reached down to get her safe, he pulled her out by the hair. She fell in a canal and she was about to drown. He just reached down and grabbed that gal by the hair and pulled her up. And she didn't say, you pulled my hair. <laughs> she didn't say that. You're thankful to God she wasn't dead and drowned. And when you get out there and start getting excited about Christ, and whenever you get offensive, apologize to the folks and say, hey, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. But when you're dying, when you're burning in hell, when you're burning in hell, I'm going to tell Jesus, man, I tried with this guy. And you'll know that I tried. But all this soft soap and all this mushy uh, 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 Christianity that you won't even swat a fly, that's not going to do it, friend. It's trying to impress people that we are scholarly. Never mind the scholarly stuff. Get a, get a person saved. You can, you can have your, your PhDs and your THDs and McDLTs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What I want to know, 
heart is how many souls have you brought to Jesus Christ? That's what I want to know. That's what matters. You may be sitting up in the top thinking and looking good, but unless you bring a soul to Jesus Christ, don't mean a thing, friend. You may be sitting here looking pretty and looking happy, looking handsome, but if you don't bring a soul to Christ, it don't mean a thing. You may sit on all your classes, but if you don't bring a soul to Christ, friend, it's, 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 it's nothing. What are you waving around? You're waving nothing. I'm for excellence and I'm for academics and I'm for all of this and then some for you and I to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and preach to convert. Let's get some baptisms. People in the water. And by the way, it's okay for folks to raise their hands. But that's not where, it's, that's not where it ends. That's just the beginning of it. Preach the gospel. That you call for the hands and you call for the, the, a decision and you call for the dotted line and you want them to come to a point of making a real decision for Jesus Christ. And by the way, it's preaching the gospel. It involves calling sin out. It involves calling sin out. That, Dr. James Dobson right now is going through a, maybe a possible lawsuit, million dollar lawsuit against him. Why? Because he's walking around exposing this pornography. Praise God for a man like James Dobson. Yes or no? Praise God for folks that take a stand against sin. Stand against something. And when you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is a two-edged sword. And you stand for something. The other day, a KFWB ran, a, ran an advertisement on, uh, for Dallas, uh, TV program Dallas. I never watched it, the, 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 the program, but they ran an advert using four-letter words. Yes, I've been listening to that station for 20 years, and I wrote them a says, You know what? I've been your listener for 20 years, and I don't appreciate you throwing over the airwaves this kind of garbage. I'm about to stop listening to your radio station and tell all my friends to do the same thing. And I wrote the letter to them. And they wrote me back and they apologized for what they did. It says, occasionally one slips by. Hey, listen, Christian, when was the last time you barked about some sin? When was the last time you did something about some unrighteous deed up there against pornography, against abortion, against drugs, against these things? You gotta, that's being a gospel Christian. Taking a stand for Christ, doing something. Joining the ranks of those that are going to preach a gospel that converts. We have so many Christians in America, but the reason being is that we don't have people that do any converting. Let's go out and get people saved and get them baptized and get them converted. Be like the Apostle Paul, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Chicano. Read it where I come from. Are you with me now or not? I'm trying to stir some of your souls up so you can get just to put some fire within yourselves. And not be ashamed of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not get worried if folks reject you. Hey, you're going to get rejected, but you're, you're going to get somebody saved. You're going to get somebody saved. And someone's going to come to Christ. And we are going to be doing some great, awesome penetration for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know you have it. There's some of you that are just feisty people. Some of you guys and gals that you have the feisty spirit inside of you. You're the fighter type. You want to go out and do something. And then you get some next to some of these deadbeat, half-in, half-out Christians. They don't get excited about anything but television. <laughs> and they want to, hey, well, don't get so excited, man. Don't get too fanatical. You're embarrassing us. Embarrassing you? You got to be ashamed of yourself. You're embarrassing them. You called yourself a blood-washed Christian. You called yourself a saved person. And you can't even get excited about somebody that came to know Christ or is trying to bring someone to Christ. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Don't be faulting this half-wit. Maybe you're the half-wit. 
Because you haven't done a thing to bring a person to Jesus Christ since you've been saved. Isn't that an awesome condemnation of believers? Hey, don't I'm not getting mad at you. I'm just getting excited. I'm sitting there freezing half to death. This place is cold, friends. Let's get some heaters in here. I was freezing half to death. I just had to warm up. But what I am saying is that God is saying if you and I are going to penetrate the world for God, the three things, number one, you got to go, right? Well, why not got to go? you got to go to all the world. Then you've got to preach to what? Got to preach to what? Preach to what? Preach to convert. Don't just preach to share. Preach to bring the soul. You see, when you preach to convert and they say no, it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. When you're trying to lead someone to Jesus Christ. And they say no, man, it breaks your heart. When you're trying to, to get a lady whose kids are going to hell. And, 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 she, and, she's, and she's going to hell too. And, 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 and you're trying to get her to Christ. It isn't just a, a Christian service assignment, man. It's a pain. And when she says no, man, it breaks your heart. It crushes you. And you go home and you weep over that. You weep over that. It isn't just something you do. It's a burden. And you need to bring him to God. And if you doesn't break your heart, if it doesn't break your heart with people, I go home sometimes, friends, and I cry. I say, oh God, man, God. People are so hard. They won't listen to me. God, they won't listen to me. You know, it breaks your heart. You just can't be a Christian and go through life and, and not care about people. You need decisions. It's like the missionary said, oh God, give me souls or I die. And we got to be the same way. Lord, give me souls or I die. You got to see something happen. And here's my final thought here from this particular fourth thing Christ is talking about here. And that is this. And that is that we, that we uh, disciple them. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And I'm with you always. Teaching them. If we're going to penetrate the world for Christ, is this, friends. Just mark it down real quick. My time's up. It's this. You, you, you take every, every person you convert, make him a member of the local church. Make that person a member of the local church. Jesus says, Jesus established his church. And it is his church that's the avenue of teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. The communists are taking over the world. And they take over the world through little groups. Little groups. They meet in little groups. The secret of the communist system is the little cell groups where they force people to meet. That's where indoctrination takes place. That's where discipleship takes place. That's where they form their converts. They get them to believe in the communist system in little groups. You know, they didn't invent that. Jesus did. It wasn't original with them. It's Christ that invented the ecclesia, the little group that meets together for discipleship and for encouragement and for love and for caring and for growth and for outreach. I'm saying to you two things today, friends. One is this. You need to belong to a local church and you need to go to a local church. I'm going to lay it on you this morning. I don't care who you are, what you are, and Russ, if you never ask me back, it's all right. I'm going to make this statement. As some of you have in here, half in, half out, wishy-washy, non-committed, good-for-nothing Christians, you don't belong to any church and you don't go to church. That's right. You don't belong to church and you don't go to church. How in the world do you want to penetrate the world if you don't use the instrument that God has established, which is the local church? 
And don't tell me, well, I have a whole lot of studies, man. I got history, I got math, and I got fooey on that, friend. I went through eight years of school. I never missed a Sunday night service or a Wednesday night service. I'm telling you the truth. Eight years of schooling, both college and graduate school, and never missed a Wednesday night or a Sunday night service in addition to Sunday morning service. Not a one! So don't tell me that the professors at, at Master's College lay it on you so thick, you got to stay home Sunday night to study. Don't be lying to me, friend. You're sitting there calling your babe on the phone. <laughs> yes or no? Come on now, wishy-washy. Come on now. The only way, only way, listen, I, you know, I'm a pastor of a church. I'm also an educator. I'm also president of a school. But listen, the real thing that changes the world is churches. Churches. Churches change the world. And unless you are an active member of a church, I mean active member of a church, you are going to change nothing in life. You're going to be going like a little tossed leaf, going here and there, tossed around by every, every wind of doctrine. You'll, you'll, you'll be part. You're not part of the team. Part of the team suits up. Part of the team that plays. I'm telling you, friend, be a member of a local church and be involved in it and further the cause of that church and get it going. That's where it's at. That's what moves the world. That's the penetration is the church. That's the lasting thing. The church of Jesus Christ. And then when you lead converts to Christ, you bring them to church. When you lead someone to Christ, you bring them to church or take them to church and get them grounded in the faith. And listen, when we do that, I want to challenge every one of you. Listen, there's three kinds of folks here. There's three kinds of folks here. There's some that, that you're going to make things happen. And there's some of you that will watch things happen. And some of you will wonder what happened. Now what kind of you? What kind of you? Hmm? What kind of you? Hey, what kind of you up there? Listen, you folks, you guys up there, what kind of you? Are you salt? To go and influence the world? Are you worthless salt? We have within our grips here, friends, every one of you, just a one, so all it takes is a one, who can say to God, I'm going to make things happen by God's grace. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to go out to this university and I'm going to make things happen. I guarantee you, you will see that. You will make an impact in this world. We will penetrate the world for Jesus Christ. You will do it, and I will do it with God's help. Let us pray.